0: I don't get sick. I hope I don't lose my job. I hope I get to see my friends soon. And I really hope the economy recovers from this pandemic shutdown. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Building Faith podcast, our weekly discussion of important biblical and theological matters that challenge believers, challenge all of us to think clearly about God's Word and its application to our daily lives. I'm Richard Goff, and of course, I'll be joined by Shane Kohler, teaching pastor at Faith Community Church in Woodstock, Georgia. And today, as you might have already figured out, we're going to begin a series of discussions on the subject of hope. And what is biblical hope? How does it differ from the more common notions or expressions of hope that We hear, or we even say ourselves. Well, we'll get into all of this and a whole lot more in the next few episodes as we look at this important doctrinal issue of hope on the Building Faith podcast. All right, so Shane, we've uh, had a little bit of a break here, maybe a couple of weeks off and um, did some elder Q&A sessions uh, for the church, but now we're jumping back into the podcast. And um, I'm really looking forward to this because you had mentioned you wanted to uh, take us on a course of discussing hope. And so I'm eager to uh, jump into that with you and see where you want to lead us in our discussion for the next few weeks.
1: Well, I've been thinking about that just in terms of the broader economy, the broader Society around us, everything going on with uh, covid nineteen because uh, if, i think if I think if you could summarize the general atmosphere right now in uh, in life and in in our country, it is uncertainty mm-hmm. that would be the one thing that just sort of hangs over everybody they 're just uncertain they 're uncertain about. Uh, what 's safe they 're uncertain about how dangerous you know the environment is they 're uncertain about what their uh, work is going to look like what their school is going to look like in the next week in the next month they're uncertain about their financial uh you know uh future there are whole companies that are just uncertain uh just you know in terms of earnings and and uh you know reports, everyone is pulling their guidance you know no one no one wants to comment about what they expect in the future. This this may be the um, you know, perhaps next to uh to nine eleven, this may be the greatest season of uncertainty that I've ever witnessed.
0: There's no paradigm for it for us really, um in all the factors that it that it affects. I even think about uncertainty related to what to believe about the statistics, about the disease, yeah. about I mean it's 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 it even affects your Confidence in those who are supposed to be providing expertise or guidance or whatever.
1: So yeah. we're uncertain about which government rules and regulations yep. we're supposed to follow. Yep. Are we following the the president, or the governor, or our county, or our city? Are they rules? Are they suggestions? <laughs> There's just a lot of things that. Or do we just revolt? Yeah, just just <laughs> go, uh, you know, go uh, rogue. Yeah. But, you know, in light of all that, I, I've been reflecting a lot on what is certain, what is known, um, and what is uh, something that we ought to have confidence in. And, and all of that sort of uh, is encapsulated, I believe, in the Christian doctrine of hope. Uh, it's probably one of the more overlooked doctrines or one of the more overlooked ideas in Scripture, but it is, it is important. And I think one of the reasons why it may be overlooked or maybe not uh, reflected on enough is because of a, a disjointedness between our English word hope" and the uh, the original meaning of the word in the original language. you know we we speak about hope in terms of sort of wishful thinking. yeah you know hope is just something that is like a shooting star or a rabbit's foot uh, or a wishbone or something like that it It's a uh, it's a, it's a coin tossed into a fountain. That's what we think of as hope. Uh, so, it, you know, it's a little more than a gamble uh, for most people, but in the Scripture, it's a much, much different thing. Yeah. Hope, is, hope is contrasted with all of that uncertainty. Uh, in fact, it is the very definition of certainty. Hope is the confidence, the assurance of certain things which you know really kind of gets at the heart of this Hebrews eleven one probably is the best place to begin to talk about uh, this concept because it it says this faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see now that's uh that's almost like Contrary to what everything's going on around us right now, no one's sure about anything, and everyone is feeling anxious about what they don't know and what they can't see, and you know what uh, you know might not be there. They they're uncertain about their health. They're uncertain about their jobs. They're uncertain about their retirement. They're uncertain about their relationships. They're uncertain about. Uh, you know all kinds of things right now and and it is gripping a lot of people with anxiety now people are beginning to talk about a healthcare a mental health care crisis that might be a second wave to the uh the healthcare crisis of coronavirus
0: that's really a, that's really a, a, an incredible insight um, into an under, a biblical understanding of hope it's contradictory it's not just different than the sort of the more trivial Worldly views of hope that we can kind of embrace—it's totally contradictory to it because it, it's it's settled into assurances of things as opposed to uncertainty. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping it works out. Yeah, it's
1: a totally contradictory concept. Yeah, and it's hope in the the word of God. It's hope in the things that God says, or the hope we might say in the promises of God, even when. The fulfillment of those promises are still unseen. Yeah, as Romans eight says, hope that is seen is not hope at all. So it's not hope if you see it. It's it's uh, it's not uh, meaningful if you're laying your eyes on it. It's. I was thinking about this maybe a little bit like a bank account. If you know that you deposited a million dollars there into your bank account, you may not be there at the branch physically looking at it and laying your eyes on it, but you're confident. You go out to the store and uh, and you make a purchase, you're confident that you can back up that purchase because you're confident that money's in there, even though you don't physically have your eyes on it at, at that moment. Well, God has banked all these promises for us. He's banked all of these riches for us. And so we have this incredible, incredible hope. And I've, I've been trying to think of you know uh the scripture you know uh is translated various ways in in Hebrews 11 especially it's the assurance of things hoped for the confidence of things not seen so so when we speak about christian hope we're really talking about assurance we're talking about confidence but even those words i think sometimes are a little bit vague Uh, I just, I personally have just sort of settled on the word optimism. Mm. I'm just incredibly optimistic in spite of whatever circumstances are going on because of God, Mm. because of what he's done. So I can look at, you know, whatever kind of loss might be there, uh, whatever kind of trial might be there, whatever kind of headwind and obstacle might be there, and I can uh, be realistic about the pain. That it's going to cause me, but I'm also looking beyond that, and I'm looking toward the promises of God, which give me an optimism because I know He's going to work through those things.
0: When you told me that uh, you wanted to start focusing on this discussion on hope, I uh, started kind of poking around and looking for different things that might um, be able to contribute to the discussion a little bit, in addition to the things that you had already sent me, and I found this this uh, C.S. Lewis quote obviously this you know, brilliant man of words, but um, just, just listen to this because I think it ties well into what you're talking about, about this optimism. Uh, he says this, I think this is pulled from uh, Mere Christianity. Uh, it says, hope means a continual looking forward to the eternal world. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. And then this to me is really insightful. He says, if you read history, You will find that Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Then he goes on aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. (laughs) But I think about that in terms of, I mean, he puts it into the context of look at history and look at what people who have been had their hope set on the eternal promises of God, had an eternal hope. And those are the ones that are most useful, most fruitful, most most effective in this life. And it's a counterintuitive
1: kind of idea, but it's a truth. Well, it works in positive and negative ways. So when you When you are setting your mind on the things of this world, it could be you're just looking for the treasures of this world, you're looking for the comforts of this world, you're looking for achievements in this world. Or it could be you're focused on the trials of this world. You're focused on the hardships of this world. You're focused on, you know, whatever the suffering is that you're going through right now. Both of those areas are misplaced, mm-hmm. you know, of focus. This is what C.S. Lewis is talking about. Is really what Peter uh, was saying in First 1 Peter 1.13 when he tells us to prepare our minds for action, being sober minded, and set your hope fully on the grace that's going to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here he brings together action in this life, usefulness in this life, usefulness in this world by setting your hope on what is to be <laughs> revealed when Jesus Christ comes. So it's exactly what Lewis is is getting at there.
0: Yeah. And it's obviously it's a, I mean, he he speaks of this as, do, as does, does the passage you just referenced. Um, the ease in which we can have our focus shifted toward this life and the cares of this world, or the achievements and accolades we might seek in this world—both sides of that coin that you mentioned—the um, the ease with which we can slip into that kind of focus is is pretty staggering.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we we're, we're, we even if we're about to run through a fire, we know there's a pool on the other side. To which we will immediately dive into, be doused and be relieved, and all those other things. So, whatever the it, whatever the uh, immediate trials and difficulties are, whether they come from the circumstances of a pandemic, or you know a um, a lost uh, loved one, even uh, as tragic and painful as that is, um, whether they come from from a uh, you know, employment difficulties relationship difficulties health difficulties if our minds are not focused on this world but looking at the next then it just gives us an incredible amount of optimism that we can we can as they say smile at the future we can look at the future and know you know i just had an incredible incredibly hard thing i went through but that's not the end the end is actually glorious the end is actually good. Yeah, that that was a that was a, a momentary um, uh, defeat or a momentary setback, but the end is still glorious. Nothing changes that. This is this is what Romans says that believers can be confident because in Romans five it says hope does not disappoint. It doesn't disappoint. So it's incredible. It's not, it it, it's, it fills us with optimism.
0: You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. Um as you were referencing that passage um and thinking about my own statement about how easy it is to slip into to this um sense of or well, the absence of hope really. Um, I, I've even found myself becoming somewhat cynical in in my efforts to try to even even for the church and for you know, helping us think through and plan and having these discussions about what our next steps are as a congregation. You know that's required this reading and trying to understand what what's going on and what the next step is, and what are the governor's remarks and stipulations mean all figuring out all these things but i've become i find myself becoming cynical and almost maybe in some mild sense a little bit hopeless mm. because i'm I'm so focused on trying to get an answer that I can you know be assured of from these sources that can never provide that they they can never provide what i'm actually reaching toward and if i settle there for too long i i become cynical i become detached i become sort of uncaring, and and it's it. I've, I've, I've felt that a little bit, even trying to plan for things for the
1: church and, and think about things for the church. Well, and that's the necessary tension sometimes that we live in. We we are sort of mired in the, uh, uh, what would you call it? We're, we're mired in the fallenness, we're mired in the corruption, we're mired in the inefficiency of this world. Yeah. Uh, the scripture speaks about God subjected the world, Romans 8 says, he subjected the world to futility. But it's interesting. He says, he subjected the world to futility in hope. Mm. In other words, when you're in the midst of all that and you're feeling the tension and the tightness of all that and the frustration of all that, it's actually supposed to be a witness to you that this is not the way things are supposed to be. You're supposed to actually step back for a moment and reflect and think, Wow, won't it be nice when I get to heaven or when the kingdom comes and, uh, and those things are not like that anymore? Yeah. We'll, we'll be living under the reign of Christ and everything will work efficiently. Uh, that, that's the way that we ought to be uh, filling our minds with this hope, uh, even in those times. You hear
0: a lot of people right now talking about, um, well, I guess maybe I'll, I'll put it to you that I'll put it to you in the form of a question, maybe. See if I can stump the teacher
1: (laughs) (laughs) probably pretty easy no
0: um how how would you how would you sort of answer the question what i mean you've already answered it in in some ways but how is this different how is biblical hope different or distinguished in its most practical elements from just positive thinking
1: or having a, a positive outlook? It's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, I would say uh, in two ways. First of all, it's grounded in the promises of God. Yeah. It, it's grounded in what God's word says, whereas positive thinking is grounded in your own, um, uh, you know, your own impulses, your own personal desires. Those desires that you tap into from within, you know, if you're thinking about uh, the his what's historically known as the new thought movement, uh, those things, uh, you know, are they're specifically born out of ideas of tapping into your personal desire for immediate health and wealth and yeah. those kinds of things. God's uh, God's word does not promise you a lack of suffering in this world. The hope, in fact, um, just to quote the Apostle Paul in First Corinthians fifteen, if we have hope in this life only, then we are of all men most miserable. Yeah. So that's the key difference: is positive thinking or or the new thought movement. They are uh, that that is all grounded in the here and now. It's all about the immediacy. It's all about you know whatever you know you can achieve in the moment and certainly God is active in our lives right now and blessing us in many many ways but the foundation of our hope is not in this life uh, the foundation of our hope is in the promises of the life to come that's why you're fixing your hope on the revelation to be brought to you at the the Lord Jesus Christ paul says in colossians that Uh, He is, you know, um, uh, laboring in the ministry because of the hope laid up for us in heaven. So this hope is primarily situated in heaven. It's primarily there by the promises of God. Peter describes it as a, a, a treasure which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So so that's, what, that's the primary difference between those two is that it's not something that arises from our own impulses, our own desires, um, our own whims, or certainly anything that comes from us. It's grounded in the promises of God. it's you might even say this way, it's constricted by the promises of God. Uh, we're not out there you know claiming um, to have a life of ease and health and wealth uh, right now, but we are very much promised that life at the revelation of Jesus Christ, and, and so we have that. It is hope, um, the hope, as, as Titus says in Titus 1-2, it's the hope of eternal life. It is the hope that comes with the appearing of our Lord and Savior. That's what he says in Titus two 13. We're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's the that's the main that's the, the the main thing. It's grounded in the promises of God, which are focused on our eternal destiny, not on our immediate benefit. But secondly, um, it is assured to us, or it is—you uh, might even say—purchased for us by the resurrection of mm. Christ. So there's nothing that we do. There's nothing that we can. Achieve. There's nothing that we can, uh, you know, manufacture that's going to improve on this hope. Uh, it's not going to uh, be our hope. And our hope uh, is not dependent on our faith. Our enjoyment of the hope is dependent on our faith, but the hope itself is already guaranteed to us by the resurrection of Christ. Peter says this. Uh, over in 1 Peter chapter 1, God has born, uh, caused us to be born again to a living hope by the resurrection or through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the very fact that he raised a man from the dead is the very thing that gives us this hope. And, in, and to the extent that we can focus our hearts and minds on that, our hearts can be filled with this hope it can be filled with this optimism it can be filled with this idea that any momentary defeat in this life is not the end the the end is represented to us in the resurrection of christ so this might be a a little more uh,
0: provocative question i don't know but um when i when i think about the things that you're referencing you're you're referencing fundamental doctrines of the christian faith essential gospel truths right so
1: based upon that um is it too far to say that
0: if we are confessing christians but we find ourselves struggling routinely to live in the fullness of this hope, that we really should examine ourselves to see if we're really in the faith, as Paul instructs us to in 1 Corinthians is that too far is that is that too aggressive of a um, of, a, of, a, of a, a, a,
1: a question it's it's uh It's difficult for us you know based on that alone, I would say to to make a call, but certainly. I would say someone who is hopeless. Hmm. Someone who doesn't know hope. Uh, someone who is, you know, sort of mired in in a pessimism and 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 uh you know, a sense of of grief certainly should have cause to flee to the gospel. Hmm. To re- just ask themselves, you know, what does the gospel say? And uh hopefully they will find very readily uh, a familiar groundwork, but it may very well be that they've never understood the gospel. Yeah. So if you're mired in, you know, whether it's anxiety or mired in depression or mired in grief or any of those things, and you've lost your hope and you are, you're sitting in a place of hopelessness, then you ought to be fleeing to these truths and uh, preaching them to yourself again and and uh assuring yourself if you're a christian or if you're maybe lost finding that god is the only source of true hope in this world yeah now now maybe next time when we get together we can uh, you know dive a little bit deeper into some of the practical realities of uh you know how this affects our attitudes our perspective on life because as a christian it isn't something that we should um just stumble upon occasionally. It ought to be something we wake up with every morning and we live in the light of all day and we go to bed with each night. We ought to be people who are filled with hope. And um and and actually the scripture says that we ought to be boastful. <laughs> uh, boastful. Hebrews three six says as long as we are in this house we ought to hold fast to our confidence and boasting in our hope that's that's a whole different level mm. of uh, of attitude but i think it would be helpful for us to explore
0: yeah no doubt yeah and it's it's just i think a helpful reminder too that um you know we are it, it we're in a fight for hope you know we're we're in a battle for um settling our hearts and our minds on the truths of scripture, on the truth of the gospel, on what Christ has purchased finally and ultimately and eternally in a settled way, uh, we still have to work that out, right? We still have to fight to have our minds conform to the mind of Christ and to be conformed to the image of Christ and to walk in that truth. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I bring up that question because I think that it's important to— um, Really wrestle with the doctrinal truths that have real practical implications for how we live and how we think and how we perceive life around us and what we 're experiencing right now and and if we are if we are experiencing not momentary melancholy or you know seasons of despondency but if we are sort of characterized by that hopelessness that you described there's certainly a uh, um, a doctrinal question there for me, am I really walking in the truth of the gospel because it's certainly my life is not aligned with these truths that you read from scripture, so but yeah, I'm looking forward to the next uh, discussion so um next time we get together, we are going to go where do
1: you know yet I'd like to say that maybe we just we could just kind of call it the perspectives that hope brings hmm. uh, just kind of talk about. We, we talked about what it is and, and kind of where it's grounded in the resurrection of Christ today. But, um, you know, in very real terms, uh, how does that affect our thinking, our speech, our, you know, all of our practical life? All right, we'll look forward to that. Well, thanks for
0: tuning in, guys. Um, we're looking forward to being together uh, in the next few weeks as we continue this discussion on hope and hope in Christ and hope that's. Bounded in truth and the truth of the gospel. So thanks for being with us. And Shane, good to be with you again. Good to be with you. Thanks.